Ready, Set, Review, your favorite podcast for movies, comics, and culture. I'm your host, Anthony. And I'm Matt. And we are super excited. We have a great show for you today. A lot of things that's been going on. A lot of news that's been flying around the old movie comic book universe. Um, and a lot of stuff that's been coming out on TV. We're going to get a chance to talk a little bit about Obi-Wan Kenobi. We'll give you some of our brief thoughts and, uh, and things like that. And then we'll get into a couple of other things as well. Yeah, let's start with Obi-Wan because... Yeah, uh, I, I think that's going to be a short conversation. <laughs> uh, well, I have a lot to say about Obi-Wan because, you know, Obi-Wan started... The first two episodes of Obi-Wan I thought were pretty good. The second one not being as good as the first. And then the third and fourth episodes just were not good. They no. were just really not good. They, no. and in fact, they were some of the the episode four was downright bad. Yeah, um, like it was it, it was awful. The and it just went from this, you know, the first couple episodes with the whole, you know, oh, we're escaping the empire, we're we're being chased by the empire, like you know, just classic Star Wars shit, like running from the empire, and then they escaped, and they got away with Leia, right, and then. Like, Leia, by the end of the episode, is, like, immediately recaptured. I'm like, okay, well, like, now we're back here again. It's like, what was the purpose of the last fucking two episodes? <laughs> yeah, I think that was my entire problem with the show. I, I think it was too circular. I think it was... It, it seemed like the whole thing really didn't have a point to it. Like, nothing really... You didn't really learn anything. It only kind of threw monkey wrenches into what was the story. And now the story is different. And that's okay. It's just, it just was not, I don't know. It, it wasn't, well, the story, it, wasn't, it wasn't terrible. There were some really awesome moments throughout, but I just, I, from the storyline perspective, being, I didn't like now it. See, I think you're being unfair because the storyline picks up in, and fortunately it takes four episodes to get there. Like mm -hmm. you, 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 you don't get to the purpose of the series until the fifth episode, unfortunately. Yeah. Or really kind of the end of the fourth episode, which was about yeah. um, the third sister's like quest for revenge on Vader. And like, that was cool. That was an awesome story point. Like, it was really cool to be like her whole reason, essentially, for being an Inquisitor and essentially playing the part of the bad guy. Not to say that she's a good guy, but is to get revenge on Vader for slaughtering when she was like slaughtering all the younglings in the temple when she was a youngling. And that was a cool point. But again, we should have we should have had that reveal by the third episode, not the end of the fourth into the fifth episode. So like the story, it's not that the story was bad; it's that the execute like this could have been a movie. This oh, yeah. could have been a two and a half hour long movie, and it would have been so much more impactful because you wouldn't have had an additional two hours of running from the Empire and that god awful interrogation scene with Leia. Yeah, and and it just. It, it it seemed devoid of consequence. And, like, I know because, like, obviously you knew that everyone was going to be fine. You knew the story had already been written. But, like, just, like, when the Inquisitor, like, the Grand Inquisitor dies but then doesn't die. And then the third sister dies but then doesn't die. Like, I, I just, I hate that that faking 
Like, oh, like, oh, we killed them, but no, we didn't. They were alive the whole time. Well, like, I'm totally with you on the Grand Inquisitor. That was bullshit. There was no need to kill him and only to bring him back. But they never specifically kill the the third sister. He leaves her for dead. And you never really, like, you know, she survives. Like, he specifically says, I'm going to leave you here to die. Yeah. And she manages to survive. I'm totally with you on the Grand Inquisitor. That was complete bullshit. There was absolutely no reason for her. To, like, it was cool when she stabbed him in the back. And then he just came back like because when he came back, he meant nothing. He was just like there to satisfy future canon because we obviously know the Grand Inquisitor shows up in Rebels. So the only reason he came back was to make sure that he could still appear in Rebels because he's very important in Rebels. Yeah. And it was so dumb with the Grand Inquisitor. I'm totally with you on that one. And uh, well, I just I want to know, like, how, how do lightsabers work? Like she yeah. got <laughs> stabbed in the stomach and it went out the back of her. Like, like if like it's, any, it's like any wound. Yeah, but if it was it, like okay, but it, it was cauterizes the wound. She's yes, not bleeding. But it was directly through the center of her, so eh. it would have hit her spine. So eh. at bare minimum, she could have survived, but would have been paralyzed. But eh. oh, the, now you're nitpicking. The dark side of the force nah, is you're a pathway to many nope. things that people would consider unnatural. Nope. Right? Now you're like, come now on. you're nitpicking. Now I'm you're nitpicking. nitpicking. She gets. Stabbed, yeah, by Vader in the side. She's fine. In the stomach, and yeah. it goes out the back of her. Yeah, it missed her. It missed her fucking spine. It hit her spleen. She's oh, fine. Yeah, yeah. And she just, yeah. She just, her spleen literally exploded. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, fine. Yeah, totally fine. You don't need a spleen. No, totally fine. <laughs> Whatever. Dark side. Dark side. Yeah, right. <laughs> but let's let's talk about where it does because there. Are, the show is unique in the sense that it enhances some of the things that you see in uh, yeah. A New Hope, but it Very also creates so. a couple of plot holes. Let's talk about the first big one that I mentioned on our previous episode where we talked about the first three episodes of Obi-Wan yeah. that they did manage to fix, right? And it was, you know, the fact that Obi-Wan, like, had lost his connection with the Force. He didn't know how to fight. And Vader kicked his ass the first time, right? Right. And then you're like, okay, now, you know, at some point he's going to have to beat Vader because otherwise that pivotal line in A New Hope no right. longer makes sense, right? right? And they fixed that plot point, right? They, you know, Obi-Wan right. got his connection to the Force back, kicked Vader's ass in what was an awesome, awesome fight in the finale of uh, of the season. So that is okay. Yeah, but, that scene was really, really Yeah, cool. when he cuts his helmet off. Yeah, and like, like, so that was such a nice touch because it, it's a nice little Easter egg back to Return of the Jedi. Yep. When we see Darth Vader take his helmet off and he's got yep. that scar on the top of his head. And you assume that he that's one of the scars that he's had forever. Right. But it, it actually wasn't. Was now you know scar, where it came yeah, from. Now you know exactly where it came from was during this scene and when they did the the voice sort of like going in and out that was so sick it was so cool and it was very much like rebels like it was very well done i really love that entire scene and i thought it was like it was just like a really really cool um, like like dynamic between the two because the, it yeah. goes in between Hayden's voice and James Earl Jones and it really kind of blends the two characters. I, I thought that was brilliant. I thought it was like that whole scene when he lands on that planet and he's fighting Obi-Wan like is probably the best scene in the entire show. Oh, easily. Yeah, I mean, and, and I loved the uh, the duel because he had the... Um, 
like what I what I loved about that duel was the fact that it took it blended the two styles of lightsaber fighting yes. from the original trilogy to the prequel trilogy because obviously we know the prequel trilogy is lots of like acrobatics and fancy fighting and the the original trilogy is much more you know rooted in you know sword fighting that makes fucking sense yeah. um, and this was a really nice blend of the two and i thought that the fight was just really good and it like it made it made the whole series worth it for me um even even they even give you you know obi-wan's little move you know the pose right? oh yeah like, dude yeah you know, i loved it and then at the end he's like hello there you know they, they gave yeah. you like all the little cheeky things that you wanted but going back to plot points and and, and issues right so um i think that the other the the plot hole that it creates which we kind of saw coming like from the beginning is of course the leia plot hole right you know uh, all the way down to you know so there's two ways to look at it in my opinion right the you can make the argument that leia's message at the beginning makes a little bit less sense here right because she specifically references oh you fought with my father in the clone wars right, right. makes no reference to oh you also fucking saved my life like on that you know adventure yeah of course that's something i think you can overlook a little bit what i think is harder to overlook is when you go back and watch episode 4 and obi-wan dies leia just doesn't really seem to care that much. Not because it's like she's indifferent to it, but like you would expect her now that you've seen this, her reaction should have been a lot more like what Luke's was. Unless, of course, you know, she's 10 and she just totally fucking forgot about it, which is possible, well, but it makes it harder to stomach. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like, I definitely see where you're you're coming from that, right? And, and obviously, I mean, here it is 10 years later. This was one thing that happened to her when she was 10 years old. And from some of the other dialogue that we get in episode four, uh, A New Hope, that is, not episode four of Obi-Wan, um, a, a New Hope, um... It, it, it seems that Leia has been constantly getting in trouble, right? Like one of the things that C-3PO says is, oh, there'll be no escape for the princess this time. At, right. Meaning right. that she has been chased, captured before and has escaped right. before. Right. So this is a common thing for her. So this was just one of many different times that she gets herself into right. trouble. And yeah, sure. Was it important? But Absolutely. But I mean, you know, from the time that you're 10 until the time that you're 20 almost. Right. Or even let's call it 19. Yeah. Right. Nine years later, you do lose a lot of those memories. Yeah. Right? Like and, and I know I'm sure there would have been some core memories there, but I just think it's, it's harder for me because they made Leia. So like we talked about, they made it they made Leia so important to the story like she wasn't just like a set piece to be rescued like they gave her a lot of development in the show you know like when she's fixing things oh yeah she's like you know and the interrogation scene as bad as that was it just makes it hard for me to believe that she would like forget that that much of a memory given how much develop. but i totally get where you're coming from yeah but that was one of those things that like i was like okay it's not like you know it's not like breaking the timeline but it's also just kind of like yeah it makes you like you know yeah eh, it's fine though yeah but Here's the thing, though, that I think really 
for me was a big enhancing moment. Um, the whole thing where Anakin says, "You didn't, you know, you didn't fail me. Like you, like I killed, like yeah. Darth, like I killed, yeah, you know, I Anakin killed Skywalker. Right. That gives so much more to the line in A New Hope when he was like, Darth Vader killed your father, and why he doesn't call him Anakin in A New Hope. He calls him Darth, right? Because he says goodbye, Darth. Yeah. Like that, like that for me was like." That made it all worth it. Like it was such an awesome, awesome moment because he's like he because he, he called the mannequin right when he cut his helmet open, right. and then by the time that conversation was over, see you later, Darth. Like yeah. that was really cool for me. Yeah, and it, you know, kind of brings it back to a new hope when he like, you know, he is about to fight Vader and he's calling him Darth. Yep. You know. Which I, I thought was a, a really, really nice touch. The last episode really had a lot of those, like, really nice, small, like, moments that I thought was was really cool. Um, yeah. and, and even with the third sister. Yeah, I even, that. even with, the, well, I didn't like it with her chasing down Luke. I wish Luke had either been, like, asleep the whole time or didn't know that it happened and... I don't know. I, I, I mean, no, it was awesome. She chased him down just like she was chased down, and then had a moment of clarity and was like, "Nope, I'm not going to do this." Yeah, like she like basically comes back to the light side, leaves her lightsaber at the end. Like that was fucking awesome. Uh, I didn't like it. It wasn't for me. That wasn't. I didn't. I, if I, I wish it, I wish she would have just died. I wish. I wish it had been a fight between her and Obi Wan, and Obi Wan would have killed her, but Luke would never would have seen it. Oh. Right, because I love the like, way they did it, and like I'm glad that he never saw a lightsaber. Like that was one of the plot holes, but like she doesn't ignite her lightsaber until Luke is already unconscious. Exactly. So like he still doesn't know what a lightsaber is. So that's okay. That that still fits. Um, one thing that I did like, though, going back to Leia really quickly, um, in Episode Four, A New Hope, there's that that scene where Luke Skywalker comes to rescue her. And uh, he goes, I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. I've got your R2 unit. I'm here with Ben Kenobi. Right. When she says, Ben Kenobi, where is he? Now, everybody else up to that point was like, oh, that's not Obi-Wan. Ben Kenobi. That's not, They don't know that it's Obi-Wan. She specifically was asking for Obi-Wan, but she knew him by the name of Ben Kenobi. So right. it really, like, having this backstory between the two of them actually does make sense. It does work, and, yeah. And, like... Yeah, like, sh would she have been more upset? Maybe. I mean, she's she's escaping. She's happy that she's still alive. She, she is all about the business. Like, she is so, like, a politician. So, like, she doesn't have time to mourn or anything like that or show emotions. So she just, she just kind of puts it aside. And maybe, you know, it's something that you could say happens off screen when, like, you know, she has some of those emotions. But it also adds a lot more depth into why Kylo Ren is named Ben, right? Because now it makes more sense because she didn't know Ben Kenobi. Neither did Han. Han didn't really know Obi-Wan. But now that he was such a major part and saved her life, it makes so much more sense of why she would call Kylo Ben. Yep, totally. Um, so here's one thing I want to do quickly because I love when we get the opportunity to do this with just to like shit all over other people that have their shitty opinions on the internet because <laughs> um, I was reading this article it popped up in like you know my, uh -oh. my notifications okay. and it, was, it was all about like why Obi-Wan Kenobi doesn't make any sense blah 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 and um, one of the points that it makes is that Obi-Wan should have been uh, Bail Organa's last pick 
to go rescue Leia, which I contest is absolutely incorrect because it's yeah. very obvious why he was the first pick because it needed to be still like this guy is like, he, he, sh he just should have sent an army after him. I'm like, no, he shouldn't have because it was the Empire that had captured her, right? Sending an army makes no sense. But the whole purpose of sending Obi-Wan on a stealth mission to rescue Leia is because that they didn't want – nobody knew who Leia was. Nobody knew that Leia was Anakin Skywalker's child. Right. And the whole purpose of making a stealth mission to save her was to keep that a secret. Right. Like, like nobody knew that. So that's why he chose Obi-Wan because he knew that Obi-Wan would do it and he knew that he didn't need to explain to Obi-Wan why – because if he had picked somebody else, you know, to go on a stealth mission, he'd have to explain why he's not sending a fucking army or doing it diplomatically. And by, by doing so would reveal – who Leia actually was. Obi-Wan is, in theory, the only other person, you know, except for like 3PO or like whatever, who knows who Leia and Luke actually are. So that's why it makes sense that, so he's not the last choice. I was like, I was reading this and I, I'm reading this and I'm like, you idiot. Yeah. I'm like, watch a fucking Star Wars movie. So <laughs> yeah, and I 100% I agree because you can't send an army after the Empire. You're going to go to war and you would get absolutely annihilated. Like they are the axis of evil. Like they are, are just like they are like what would have happened if Japan and Germany won World War Two, right? Like it, yep. it just they are that empire that is just they're going to murder you and you can't send like an army against them. That's or why like America right now. Well, that's also true. <laughs> <laughs> it's also true. Uh, and, uh, we'll leave that one right. Politics, there. baby. <laughs> Woo! Um, but it, it also does make sense that he would go to Obi-Wan because he knows that Obi-Wan has a relationship with him. He knows that Obi-Wan has a relationship with Leia yep. and is going to care. And he knows that he's he's literally the last Jedi that he knows exists. Now, we know that other Jedi did escape. Because that was really cool. That was made clear. But, I mean, it's really obvious. What I would have loved is if they did both. I would what have loved. So there is a throwaway line that happens in A New Hope that goes very much under the radar for a lot of people. So the Imperial Senate is something that is the, the Senate that we see in, in the prequels, right? right. Where, where Palpatine is, right? That wasn't destroyed until the 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 everything that was happening during a new hope. Oh right, right, yeah. So like like the emperor didn't dissolve the senate, and like when 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 I hear that line now, I literally imagine the emperor just force lightning the entire <laughs> fucking senate and just literally dissolving everyone, just <laughs> melting people away because that's exactly what would have happened. Right, because he doesn't need the Senate anymore. Right, that didn't happen until A New Hope. Right, so if if um, uh, Bail Organa had not only sent Obi Wan, but then we could have gotten a scene where we see him in the Senate and like pleading his case and trying to be like, "Yo, the 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 Empire kidnapped my daughter for no reason." Yep, you know, like, and then and then like watching the Senate be like. You know, oh, and then kind of like talking about it yeah. back and forth. Oh, cool story, bro. Yeah, <laughs> and then like, yeah, and then being like, cool story, bro, right? But like that would have been a really, really cool scene, and it would have added so much depth to like everything. But they didn't give us that. Yep. So like, I understand that. Yes, you'd be looking for a diplomatic solution. Yes, Bail Organa would have done it. Um, I don't know why they didn't have him go to the Senate, but. 
neither here nor there. It 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 was what it was. The question I want to ask you: Why did the third sister go back to Tatooine to kill Luke? Right. So she sees the message from Bail Organa. Hey. You know, that overly obvious, hey, that wink, wink, nudge, nudge, that child (laughs) that's on the planet that starts with a T, you know, hubla, hubla. Like, so cool. So she knows that there's a kid. She doesn't know that it's Luke Skywalker. She doesn't know that it's the son of Anakin. Right. She has no reason to really go after Luke other than like, oh, there's a kid that's hidden. Like, there's no reason for it. Like, it doesn't make any sense. No, I think it does because she knows that she knows that Leia is special. She doesn't know specifically why. So I think in her twisted mind, because I mean, let's let's be honest, right? The one of the things that they did well with the third sister was show how irrational she was. Correct. She yeah, clearly agreed. did not think about agreed. pretty much anything she did. No. Always acted on impulse. Yeah. Um, the only thing she planned and planned poorly at that was luring Vader to that planet, and that obviously did not go very well. Um, <laughs> so she knows enough to know that Leia is important for some reason. So I think she just makes the same impulsive, irrational decision about Luke being important for that same reason. And she's still, I think, at the point where – because the, the way I look at it is that her her goal was not necessarily to like – like she wasn't – she, she's not really a good person, not until, like, the end, right, when she gives up her lightsaber. She right. does still want to be the Grand Inquisitor. She wants to be in that position of power. She has to kill Vader to get there. So in her head, she's still looking for opportunities to garner garnish favor with the Emperor, right. you know. So she probably sees that right. as a way to do it. But again, she's just always impulsively acting and very irrational. So you're kind of like, wait, why is she doing that? And then you go back and think about other things. You're like, well, she's kind of an idiot. You know, (laughs) she's not the brightest bulb in the shed, but that's why it makes her moment of clarity at the end there. Like that, that that's why it makes that part actually interesting. Right. And actually that, that's a really, really, really good point. And actually that, that actually makes me like her character a little bit more because you're pointing out the fact that she is overly emotional she is completely illogical, and that is a very dark side of the force yeah. mentality, right? The passion, the emotion, the anger, the fear, the aggression, right? Like, all of that is all a part of the dark side. And as a student of the light side, you want to be more calm and devoid of right. emotion. Right. Right? And so, and and you want to be more logical. Right. And that's why I didn't like her character in the first few episodes because it was like, from the get-go, it was very obvious that the youngling you see in that opening scene is the third sister. Like, that was telegraphed a mile away. And they they didn't provide any reasoning from what – or any, like, explanation of what had happened between that opening scene in the temple and when she became the third sister. So for those first three episodes, until you understand what her motives actually are, you're just like – 
fuck, this chick is annoying. Like, she's dumb and she's angry all the time and she's just, like, bitter for, like, no real reason. Like, it didn't make any sense. Like, all they had to do, they could have literally just once per episode give us, like, one of those, like, smash cut flashback scenes, right, of her, like, you know, freaking out or whatever, like, being tortured or something like you saw in, in Fallen Order, right? Just give us, like, anything to bridge the gap between the temple and her becoming the third sister and that would have made because again again they saved her character in the end they made her character worthwhile and they they made the story work but for the first half of the series you're just left with this like why why do i care about this person like i know she is who she is but she hasn't given me any reason to care about her character yeah i wish they would have done a bit of a, a dissolve in the first uh, episode, right? So when you see the younglings running out of the temple, if they would have done like a close up on the the youngling that was the third that became the third sister, and then they do a dissolve where then it it be, then it it dissolves right. into the third sister, right? Yeah, you know how they do that in films, like literally like, anything. I think that would have been so great because it was so obvious. Everybody knew it anyway. Yeah. There was no reason to leave it as a reveal. It was very clear that that was the story they were leading up to. Right. So, like, it, it was just, it was just like, yeah, because it wasn't like right. beca- because it was so obvious. Like when Obi Wan has that moment, he was like, "Oh, you're in the temple, right?" Like that was meant to be like a like a twist, right? Yeah. But yeah, anybody with two eyes were like. Yeah, okay, yeah, we know. Now let's continue the story, please. Like, fucking A, it was so obvious. Yeah, it really was. It it really was. I mean, look, at the end of the day, I'm glad we got it. I enjoyed the show. I I thought it was was a fun ride. There was a lot that I didn't like about it. There was a lot that I did like about it. Uh, I'm really glad they didn't try. I'm really glad that Obi-Wan Kenobi's brother was just... A like oh god I forgot we talked about that (laughs) like a note I'm glad he didn't show up I was so worried that they were gonna bring in like the 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 Obi Wan Kenobi brother that was gonna be a Sith Lord and then he was gonna have to fight I was so worried that they were gonna do that and you know what I'm so glad they didn't like if there's there's a part of me that wishes like I was a like in like I want to like I want to be like a Kevin Feige like I want to oh, be somebody that has the ability to because because what I would do is in every product that I produced or that I directed or whatever I did I would always film a couple of just like Deus Ex Machina fan service fuck off scenes just to like like I would scour the internet for these ridiculous theories right oh, man. and I would film them. No, they would not appear in like they, they would not be canon at all. But I just put them in all the director's cut. Like, like yeah, you want to see a scene where like Obi Wan's brother just showed up and he's like some super powerful Jedi that's been hiding for the last ten years. Yeah, boom, here you go. Yeah. Here's fucking Obi Wan's brother George Kenobi saving the day. <laughs> like, just, like, just the most like all of the ridiculous shit that we've ever talked about on this show. I would film all of it, all of those what ifs, put it all in the special edition DVD, just so people can watch. Watch it be like, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> like, people would be like, oh my God. And people would go nuts for it. And then you have like a big like caption at the top. This is not canon. Right, yeah. You know? Like I would film the scene of Ant-Man going up Thanos' butt and exploding, yeah. right? Oh my God. I mean, they literally do that in The Boys. I was just going to say that's a perfect segue <laughs> into The Boys because in that in that first episode 
where the guy crawls. Dude, so I remember watching that first scene, right? Um, oh, and, you know, because it's such a good show. Right? Like, it's obviously CGI, and as I'm watching it, I thought that the guy was going off his ass. Yeah. And then, like, I realized, I was like, I was like oh, no, he went into his fucking dick hole. Yeah. And then he sneezes and accidentally grows to full size and just explodes. Yeah, Dude, and explodes so half of his awesome. body away. Like, it's so great. The the fact that they just murder so many people and just don't care about it is just amazing. Dude, like, it's, it's so just, awesome. It's so brutal. It's so over the top. And, like, it's... I'm really, really enjoying where this season is going. This season has been the best one so far. Definitely. And I'm really excited to see how they're going to wrap things up this season. Because how many episodes are there? I didn't actually look at it. Is it eight or ten? I think it's ten. Okay. Because we're six episodes in right now. Six six in now. Dude, what I love about this season is that they're, they're going like... I mean, I love everything about this season. It's it's perfect. But I mean, they're go- what I really love about it is that they're going, um, they're going even darker with the quote unquote good guy hero characters, right? With you know Butcher taking yep. the temporary V, and then Huey finally doing it, and the tension that him taking that temporary V causes between him and Starlight. Like, that is a very cool plot point. And, you know, Frenchie and and his whole relationship with Kimiko and her losing her powers. Like, it's everything they're doing this season is they're, they're, they've really hit a perfect blend this season of character moments, character development, and yep. action. Because the yep. first couple seasons didn't have a whole lot of action, which was okay because it didn't really need to be. But this year, they've really upped the action while still keeping all of those character moments. Like that that fight scene in the end of the last episode with Homelander, Soldier Boy, and, he- and Huey and Butcher was awesome. Yeah. It was the best fight. <laughs> and, like, I love the fact that there's a scene in, in this past episode, and there's uh, there's only eight episodes in the season. Oh, so there's two episodes yeah, left. Yeah, so I'll two episodes left, yeah. So um, in in this episode, there's a great scene where you see Butcher and Huey shooting up the temporary V like it's heroin, like like it's something that they're desperate for. Because once you get that taste of power, I mean, it is it it corrupts and it makes you just hungry for more power. Right. Like they want to kill off all these soups and they hate these soups. But now they themselves are soups. So. I don't know. It's going to be really, really interesting to see where this goes and what happens with Homelander. Because Homelander getting into a fight with Soldier Boy, it's obvious that Homelander has never had to learn how to fight. Because he's been so much stronger, so much more powerful than everybody. He hasn't had to learn how to fight. Because he just destroys people, and it was I very that. like he, he like you could see almost like the frustration and fear in his eyes, right? And he's such a flawed character that it's just it's just amazing, and I'm really excited to see what happens and where they go with the last two episodes and how they're going to round things down uh, in. Uh, in this season. Yeah, I mean, this and this season has been, like, gory as fuck, too. Oh, and man. One of the things I think they're doing really—I mean, they've always done this really well, but they're doing it specifically well this year is just the whole— the whole parallels, right, to modern-day society and, like, the, you know, the obsession with news and media and perception and, like, power and, like, political power and, like, control, it's— 
the parallels that they're drawing by way of superheroes is really interesting. Oh, man, it's so good. They have become really, really topical with all of their content, and it's just, it's just like really, it, it's really great social commentary on everything that America is going through right now, right? And it's and how there's there's two opinions, two sides of the coin. Nobody ever knows the full story. Nobody ever knows what's real, and everybody is just rallying behind a cause and you just have these people in power that literally do not give a fuck about anybody else but themselves and about like the the power that they have and which is a big thing that's going on in America right now and it's it's really really cool yeah i, I really enjoy the fact that they are they're really hammering home this whole um this whole theory about how just everything is fake and everybody in positions of power is constantly lying to you. Cause mm-hmm. I say that all the time. Like anytime, anytime I talk to somebody that they're like, Oh, I watched it on the news and I'm like, you fucking idiot. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, well they said this, they're you know, lying. they said that I'm like, they are lying. They've, they've been caught and proven to be lying to you. Multiple times. times. And time and time Multiple again. times. And you still believe them because you're just a weak minded idiot who likes to be controlled. Like the parallels that, that the boys is, are drawing to the current situation in America right now are just mind bogglingly accurate. Yeah. And it's, it's really fucking hilarious. Even right down to, um, who's the, the guy, um, the cop guy, Blue Blue Hawk, or whatever his name was. Yeah, yeah, Blue Hawk, dude. And like, like over policing in black neighborhoods in Trenton, and right, and like they have, you know, that whole that whole scene in the last episode. <laughs> am I being canceled right yeah, now? Goes, am, I canceled? am I being canceled? What, what, what like, do you say? He goes, he goes, you know, it's racist to call someone racist. Yeah. Like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> That's not how that works. <laughs> Either you're a racist or you're not. Yeah. Um, but dude, when fucking A Train dragged him, all, like oh, I, I was, oh man, I was so Such excited. Like we've we've seen that in comics before, where a speedster drags somebody to death. Yeah. Um, and seeing it in live action was really awesome. Yeah, like, that was a really cool. But and then being afraid that. Who knows? A train's heart might explode. Which was the yeah, that was the implication at the end of the episode. Yeah, he yeah he fucking you know and yeah. then and then I and I love the scene where like he finds out that Huey is like juicing right. He goes, how would yeah. you do that? How would you do that? Like, oh, yeah. dude, it's just everything. And then when Homelander killed Supersonic, like yeah. everything about this season is just so fucking spot on. And I gotta say, I'm really glad. I thought we were gonna have to deal with and the. I think it was the second episode. I thought we were going to have to deal with like a fucking bullshit storyline with Stormfront being like paralyzed or like oh, whatever, yeah. right? Because no. in the hospital, she starts jerking Homelander off. Oh, man. And she's all fucked up. So good. And then she just killed herself. And I'm like, good. Thank you. Like, please, yeah. just, like, like, don't like, don't give me this. Like, I don't like I don't want to feel bad for this character. Yeah. Because like, if she's in the hospital the whole time, like all fucked up, like. Eventually, you're I would, gonna get sympathy. You're yeah. gonna have sympathy for her. So I'm glad they fucking killed her because I did not want to feel bad for for her at all. It was no. so great. Yeah, it it was really good. And the the parallels to like other characters, obviously Soldier Boy being Captain America, right? right? Uh, and then the twins in this episode. Now, dude, uh, so not good. now. When I first watched it, I was like, oh my god, that's hilarious. They're the Wonder Twins, but it actually is not. Now I forget their names. But they were actually a part of Alpha Flight, 
where they had to hold hands and then it would let them fly. I forget what those characters' names were. Um, but Jean Paul and something. Yeah, I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, but like that's who they were like supposed to be, which was really really cool. The whole scene. See now I want to. Now I got to look these characters up. It's going to bother me that I don't remember what their names are. Yeah, me too. Um, uh, the whole scene too with hero gasm which was just Dude, like ridiculous like amazing uh and and a cool parallel to something that exists in reality which is a place called hedonism down in jamaica aurora and north star that's yes aurora and yes. north star that's that's correct yeah and they're they're brother and sister yep. and they have to hold hands in yep. order to to have their powers ignited. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, so Herogasm, I thought it was hilarious. It's this giant Roman-style orgy with so all of these great. people using their superpowers, and then everybody gets murked. It was just yep. just wild and like such a just insane scene. Um, I want to talk about one of the <laughs> one of the most amazing characters. In the entire series so far, and that is the Deep, and the way Dude, that they have done, he's he is so good. He is the best comic relief in this entire show. He is so good, and like the fact that they slowly were hinting that he was going to be having sex with a fish, Dude. right? And like so they make good. fun of Aquaman for that, yep. right? And like, but now the deep really does fuck fish, right? Yeah. And like, and then like he's having sex with his wife, but looking at the fish, looking at the octopus. So yeah. like, the <laughs> foreshadowing is incredible, and it all leads up to the scene that we get at Herogasm in this week's episode, where he is literally having sex with an octopus. Dude, it's so and he's perfect. like he's like running out with the bag. Yeah. It's like a plastic bag full it's of got water. water in it. <laughs> the octopus is in there. Dude, and I love Man. I love what like he's such like a fucking simp with his dumb wife, like who's oh, like na- so who's just like narrating his entire life. Like when everything he says is like off a cue card that she's written for him. And like it's and it's funny too because it's like you you have, you know, as much comic relief as it, as it is, you almost, like, feel bad for him because it's like, you know, as weird as it is, it's like, yes, he actually wants to fuck fish. Doesn't want yeah. to fuck his wife, he wants to fuck fish. But yeah. he's stuck in this, like, twisted, controlling relationship, like this toxic Johnny Depp, Amber Heard-style relationship <laughs> where all he really wants to do is fuck fish and his crazy wife he's busy sipping for just for going to be on Homelander's good side. It's so awesome. Yeah, when, it's really great. When A-Train punches him in the gill in the episode, <laughs> with, gill punch me! Yeah, you gill punch me. <laughs> I love when they go just like, this episode really did, like this, this last episode was probably this for me the single best episode of the boys across all three seasons because it hit every single note that the show does so well, which is the blood and the gore, the emotions, the comic relief, and the action. Like I said, the fight scene oh, was amazing. <laughs> when he gets jizzed on at the... <laughs> oh, like, Just man. full comic relief. Dude. Just full comic <laughs> relief. Like... Oh my god! And then the fact that, and I, I love the fact that it's, it's so 
it's so understated. They they don't really they haven't like really addressed it yet. They just do it and expect you to be cool with it because that's it makes the most sense. Huey, whenever he teleports, he just teleports out of his clothes, so he's um, automatically naked. And when he shows up to support home uh, to support Butcher and Soldier Boy in the fight, he's naked. Like it's just so fucking like they just don't address it at all. But it's so great. No, it's amazing. And then when he like grabs Starlight as well, and then Starlight is naked yeah. too. When he teleports her out of there out of the clothes Man. like just so good all the little touches that they're doing in this show is just incredible yeah. and the seth rogan cameo is great in the oh, oh my god i totally forgot about that dude oh, well and then in and that was the last episode in this episode they started off with that, oh, that was episode that five, song yeah. That song that has, like, it, it's like, um, what was that celebrity song that they all did? Like, dude, like, that, imagine. Imagine, dude, yes. That the was imagine the song. It was great. That was the best troll <laughs> moment ever. Because and it's all the celebrities. Yes. It's incredible. Because that whole thing was so fucking stupid when they did that. And they rightfully got shit on for doing that because it was so fucking dumb. And all the celebrities that did that are fucking dumb. And the fact that they made fun of it. It was so perfect. I, With real celebrities. Pat Niles yeah. was there and Ashton yeah. Kutcher. Like, it was, it was great. Dude, Ashton Kutcher and Milia Kunis was, like, incredible. Like, that was... They're just so hilarious, man. The whole thing, start to finish. Uh, the boys is just... It's... They took a lot of DC characters and they just did them better. Like... Like Homelander, obviously Superman, Maeve, Wonder Woman, uh, you know, the Deep, Aquaman, A-Train, the Flash. Like they took their characters and they just made them better and 100%. cooler. Yeah. The Boys is a better, darker, funnier, better told story than the entirety of the DCEU. Yeah, they're they're doing dark correctly. It's not yeah. dark just for the sake of being dark. It's actually and it's not, dark it's it's and it's graphic and over the top but it's not brooding right right which is dc is always like brooding right it's it's like, so much more real life uh, it's yeah. so emo <laughs> it's, yeah no and it, it, yeah the the boys is so much more a real depiction of what it would be to have superheroes in the in the world than dc is dc yeah. thinks they're trying to be real but they just are not no it's not very good no. like you're you're failing so on that note let's let's talk a little bit about the news that happened this week for the dc eu now this is something that Wh- we have, which news <laughs> this is something that we have been talking about for a long time and we have not really been talking about it on a regular basis but ezra miller has flown off the deep end Oh yeah, he is. He is in trouble with the law. He is. There's rumors of him kidnapping people, like like Dude. human trafficking. Like there's a lot of weird stuff that's coming out all about Ezra. And it was finally announced this week that after the Flash movie, which was supposed to come out what four years ago, after it comes out this, next yeah. year, uh, they're going to move way away from Ezra Miller and they're going to replace him. Which means we have two people that are in the DCEU right now, and that's Wonder Woman and Aquaman. That's it. <laughs> that's it. And Shazam, technically. Well, I mean, I, I guess technically, I, yeah. I guess because you, you you saw the the Superman cameo at the and I mean, I right, mean the like, Superman cameo and the Batarang that he had. Right, right. But even that still is like, yeah, it, that's very loose. Yeah. So I mean, it's obvious that they're going to be doing a 
we always talked about it being a soft reboot. I think it's going to be more like a hard reboot. I, I don't know if it's going to be a reboot or if they're just going to move away and be like, nope, we can't do a connected universe. Let's just do standalone films, right? Which, to be honest with you, I think that would be the better way for them to do it. Like, I think it is much better for DC to just do standalone one picture, not trilogies, just one picture movies like Batman, like Joker, although both of those are going to get sequels now, but just to do these one picture. And then you do a crossover movie and you bring everyone from all of these different movies and you put them all into one. And you really, like, you can maybe have the mention or hint to the other areas like Metropolis or anything like that, but you never really show anything, right? And I think that would be the much better way for them to go. Either that or they need to they need to bring back both Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, and then they've got to just they just got to replace the Flash, and and Dude. it's got to be Grant. It's got to be Grant Gustafson <laughs> yeah. who, who comes in as the Flash. I know that there's a lot of people who don't want that. I know that there's a lot of people that do want Dude. that. Anybody that doesn't want Grant Gustin to take over the role of the Flash has not watched the Flash on the CW. He is so spot on and so perfect as Barry Allen. He plays the role. To perfection. Ezra Miller sucks. Ezra Miller is not good in any... I can't think of one thing I've seen Ezra Miller in that I said, oh, this guy's a good actor. I think he fucking sucks. I think he's a terrible actor. And I'm glad that he's losing his fucking mind and ruining his career because fuck him. Yeah, I was never a fan. Uh, no, I, I never, never liked, liked him. him as The Flash. I never thought he was a good Barry Allen. I mean, maybe no. if you had called him Wally West, maybe. maybe it would be okay, but he just he's not. He's not he's not the character yeah. at all. And he's just not like, a good actor. He doesn't have the ability to get into that role. No. Like, no. And you could do Grant because in Crisis on Infinite Earths, the crossover on the CW TV show Ezra Miller already showed up in that universe. So it would make sense why Grant would then show up in yep. the DCEU. Exactly. Like, it's already there. It's already written. You don't have to do a lot. And a lot of the fans would yeah. go nuts for it. Because Crisis, Crisis on the CW is what honestly set a lot of this in motion because they realized that they could do a multiverse storyline because, you know, you saw the the Tim Burton Batman universe, right, was part of Crisis as well. Absolutely. Pretty much every universe that we've seen a DC property in, even going back to Birds of Prey, was featured in the very beginning of Crisis, and it wasn't until the end that they actually also formally put the DCEU into that multiverse as well. So, yes, yeah. they could do all of that. And, I mean, like, listen— I, for one, am excited to see the Flash movie primarily because of Michael Keaton returning as Batman. Like, let's of course. let's just call a spade a spade. And, and not only that, the Batmobile, the yeah, original, right? like, like not the Batman Returns, yeah. not the Batman Forever, the original Batman Batmobile yeah. is going to be there. And, and there's all the talk, iconic. right? There's all the rumors that you know. I mean, I, I think that, I don't think that's a rumor anymore. I think it's confirmed that Michael Keaton is also going to be appearing in the Batwoman movie or Batgirl yeah. movie yeah. that's being filmed, right? So there's going to be a connection there. Um, so yeah, like it, it, like it's like we've said since since day one. Um, D DC has absolutely no fucking clue what they're doing at any point in time with their their connected universe. Again, no. their individual movies, great. The connected universe, not fucking good. Here's what I think they should do. To your point about doing the one offs, I would do it. I would like them to do to continue with the connected universe, 
But do it the way they did in Peacemaker, where the only connections you get to the broader universe are like that last scene you had in Peacemaker where the Justice League showed up. And he goes, oh, it's about fucking time you guys showed up. Yo, and they're just man, like, oh, shit, like, sorry, so right? Like, good. Just have, like, little one-off scenes, you know? Like, And like, it's very much like the, what they're doing right now in... um. Uh, in a lot of the the Marvel shows, right? Like yeah. Falcon and Winter Soldier, right? Yep. Rhodey appears in that one scene at the beginning yep. just to be like, okay, nope, we're still here in the MCU. Like, okay, now moving on, right? Yeah. You know? And then like just like those little tiny cameos, just do that. So you know it's still all connected, but stop trying to make a superhero movie with the whole team because clearly you can't fucking handle it. No, they, they can't. Like, the, you can't do... Like, the Justice League movie is just... It's not good. And... It. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's going to be really interesting to see where they go. I mean, it, it, it's quite obvious that they wanted Ezra Miller to be really like the flagship character. They wanted him to be Iron Man. Yep. They wanted him to be the Robert Downey Jr. They wanted him, like, because he's the one that has, you know, a line in Peacemaker. He's the one that has... It was in Crisis on Infinite Earths. He's the one that is crossing over and is being in more films and more in, in other media um, and, and to, in order to keep the whole thing connected. And it right. was all supposed to be based around the fact that there's going to be this Flash movie. But now it's not going to happen, or the movie has... has no, the, the movie is going to happen. The movie going to happen, yeah. but it's not going to mean anything. Right. Unless they unless they do, which I suspect... I suspect they're going to do a lot of reshoots. Well, I, I don't think they need to do too many. I suspect they're probably going to just, like, quite literally blow it up. Like, do, do, a, re, do a few reshoots that end the movie... In the same way that, like, you know, um, like, Loki ended, right? Where it's just like, bam, all of a sudden there was 60,000 universes, right? And just, like, just literally blow up the fucking universe. Just fucking destroy it. That, I mean, that's the, the reshoot. <laughs> I think I think that what, what they should do is they should do the scene from the original comic book Crisis on Infinite Earths where Barry Allen runs and he decays as he's running, right? Oh, yeah, that's cool. And that would be could, cool. You could do a really, really cool scene that kind of resets the entire universe, right? And you have Ezra Miller's Flash running through and and just decaying over time. Yeah. Because you can do a lot of that with CGI, right? And you can maybe just repurpose, like, other scenes where he's been running fast. And you could just... You don't even need to really do a reshoot. You could just work it with with footage yeah. that you already own and already have filmed. Because that was a cool little thing they did with uh, John Wesley Ship's Flash in Crisis, right? He was on that cosmic treadmill. Like, he was the one that was kind of, like, holding things together. And then he just fucking vanished, like, ran into nothingness. And that was a really yep. fucking cool scene. Yeah. Like, it was a very cool scene. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's awesome. I think that's that, in my opinion, is one of the best ways that they can... Honor Ezra Miller's character. They can honor the actor, even though he seemingly is a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't really know. I haven't. I don't no, know he, see, he seems like he's flying way off. Oh the man, deep he's end. Way, like just he way is gone off the fucking rocker. Yeah, man. he's way off the deep end. Yeah, right just now. way gone. And who knows? Maybe you know, everyone loves a comeback. Maybe he'll make a comeback. But uh, yeah, no. I mean, I, I, listen, I like, yeah. you can come back from a lot, but the 
the comeback implies that there was a universal love to begin with. And yeah. like I said before, me personally, at least, I, I don't think he's a good actor. I've never thought he's a good actor. Everything I've seen him in, I thought he sucked in. I never like, liked him in the role at all. Yeah. like in any version that I saw, I never liked but the, him. But not even just that. I'm saying in, in every thing, in every other non-DC thing he's been in, I think he's a terrible actor. Like, not just the, the Batman and the Flash stuff. Everything I, I he's been in. I don't even know if I've ever seen him in anything Dude, else. he was in, like, the Fantastic Beasts. Uh, oh, yeah. And he was terrible in that. And he had a, he had a scene in, uh, I'm forgetting what movie it was. But he like he was like an underage kid, and um, he, he played an underage kid, and he slept with the main character. I'm blanking on the movie. I want to say it was like Mila Kunis or something, but I, I could be, um, maybe, or maybe was it was it Trainwreck? Was it Amy Schumer that he sleeps? I, I'm I'm blanking. Like I vividly like I remember this scene. He's with you know he again he's he's sleeping with the main character who's a, who's a, a woman. Maybe it was Amy Schumer. I don't remember, but like you, you learn that he's that that he was like underage, and it was just like it was meant to be funny. And the scene itself was funny, but not because of him. Like he's right. just not a good actor. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess he was in, uh, yeah, Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. He was in Perks of Being a Wallflower. Uh, yeah, he was in Trainwreck. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, it was that it was, scene. Yeah, it, it was, was that scene in Trainwreck. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, was, I, I was blanking yeah. on who, what, what actress it was and what movie it was from. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh, yeah definitely Trainwreck. Remember and it when, looks like Perks of Being a Wallflower. Remember when Amy Schumer was funny? That was the only time. That was the last time Dude, she was funny. That was that was when I learned that John Cena was a good actor and Dude. he was hilarious. He has this little like kind of cameo kind of role that's like a throwaway role and it's just fucking incredible he has some of the most natural comedic timing i've ever seen <laughs> he's so good which man. is like half of comedic acting is yeah. like the timing he's so good at it yeah yeah i i i really love john cena um i would love to see him i want to see him more as peacemaker i, I think they're gonna have a there's season gonna be two. a season two yeah i, I think there's gonna be a season two but i want to definitely i definitely want to see him in I, I hope they do another Suicide Squad movie. I hope that they they bring him into the DCEU proper. And I hope, I hope that we get an on-screen uh, moment where Peacemaker and Black Adam are on the screen together. Oh, my God. And One, just, twice in a lifetime. Yeah, and, and like they could make some yeah something like that. Like, oh, man, it's only once in a lifetime you'll ever get this chance. <laughs> ah, maybe it'll be twice. Who knows? Maybe it'll be another time. <laughs> like, I think that would just be awesome. Um, the, speaking of which, the trailer for Black Adam came out. Uh, it looks very. It looks like it looks like the Rock. No, we had to say this for the it's next just, episode because rock. this is going to be another half hour long conversation. <laughs> this shit all over this fucking thing. We'll, we'll save see, that we'll, for next. We'll episode. see how it goes. I mean, that's going to be dropping later this year, so we'll see how that movie goes. I mean, I'm excited for the Justice Society, but I don't know how excited I am for this movie or or if it's going to be no. like I think it's going to be another movie that falls flat, and there and it's just going to be like. How? how, how yeah, huh? we'll we'll talk about it on the next episode because yeah. there's there's a lot to unpack in that fucking trailer and all that shit. So, um, you know, you guys know the drill. Check us out on all of the platforms, all of the places that we are, whether it is the socials, the podcast platforms, or the YouTube's. The YouTube's I'm way behind on the YouTube videos. I apologize, but That's whatever. Right. Tell us what you think about Obi Wan. What you think about the boys? We'll be back with more. More and more stuff to talk about. Like I said, we've got Miss Marvel to talk about. We got to finish up the boys' the last couple of seasons. A couple of great movies are coming out um, that we are going to go be 
seeing in theaters that we're going to be talking about. Um, more news, a lot of other things to talk about. So we'll be back very soon with uh, more more news, more review information. Review information, Jesus. More reviews <laughs> for you. It's easy yeah. for you to say. Yeah, fucking. Can you tell a. it's early Saturday morning. There God, it is. God, you guys, you got, you guys know how it goes. Um, follow us on the platforms. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you like and don't like. Um, and we'll see you guys next time. And as always, stay tuned, true reviewers.